Welcome to another episode of the Unconventional Christian Podcast, and I am your host, Ladoon Thompson, and I am sit- sitting with the with the biggest, the biggest. I first it used to be the biggest out of Greenberg. <laughs> Shout out to the town. Then it was the biggest out of New York, man. Right now we are the biggest out of the United States of America with my guys from Earn Your Leisure podcast. Unless you've been under a rock somewhere. Perhaps. Yeah, under rocks. They gotta be under a rock somewhere. Yes, my guys, Rashad and Troy, the 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 two out of uh, a whole team, <laughs> two out of a, a whole team um, that make up the Iron Your Leisure team, man. Right. Thank, Thank you, man. You. Thank you for guys for having, um, just making this time with me today. Yeah, it's gonna be dope, man. You are alumni, so you know alumni <laughs> get special privileges. Yeah, E Wild Doom, man. I, you know, first off, I still I, I got to do a recap of my own, not a recap. I have to redo my um, E Wild podcast because. I watched the video the other day. And I was like, it was dead in the middle of the pandemic. Yeah. And I looked crazy. You got a hoodie on. You might have did the interview with a hoodie on. I did do it because my hair was crazy, <laughs> no shape up. You know, that uh, was a first. <laughs> yo, I looked crazy, but I was just happy to be in the building, man. That, was, that was a good one. That was good. Yeah, for How sure. y'all doing today? Good, brother. How you? I'm excellent, man. Yeah, it's excellent. been a minute. We ain't seen each other in a few, few nah, weeks. I know. Last time we seen each other was Nigeria. Yeah. Great time. Shout out, <laughs> shout out to Lego. Shout out shout to the out, whole team out, out there. Lagos, shout out to man. you. Without you, we wouldn't have been had interest into the country, number one. So shout out to you. That's a fact. That's a big fact. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> so usually, um, I do. I always start off the uh, podcast with a prayer. So I'm going to bow our heads for a prayer real quick. Father God, thank you for bringing us here. Thank you for this opportunity to come together and um, to be able to fellowship, to talk. Father God, we thank you for all that you do. And we ask that you bless this conversation. Let it be a blessing to someone. Let it change someone's life. Let it be an inspiration. Keep these two amazing men covered in all they do over the next coming weeks, next coming month, next coming year. Father God, keep us aligned in all we do. And we know that you are at the center in your name we pray. Amen. And I mean. Amen. Yeah. Amen. Yo. So um, one of the biggest things for me now, just sitting here with you two, because, you know, one of the biggest things that you guys always have conversations about is always going to be um, somewhere along the lines about finances, about stocks, about uh, crypto, NFTs, all that. So I'm, I'm, I'm pocketing that right now. So, you know, this um, podcast is really geared towards uh, faith. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And how important faith is in everyone's journey. So um, for you two, the first thing um, that comes to mind when I think of you um, is family, right? Like coming from the families that you came from, um, how important was it that you came from your specific family and how, like what and the part that it played in who you are today? Uh, I think for me, everything, you know, as far as like how my upbringing, um, you know, my, my dad was an entrepreneur his whole life. My mom was an educator. She's a school teacher. Mm-hmm. So, you know, both sides of that, as far as the financial literacy, it's yeah. like perfect, you know what I'm saying? Combination, kind of like our combination, me and Troy. So, you know, um, business is something that, you know, isn't really taught a lot of times in the household or right. encouraged a lot of times in the household. but. It was the opposite for me. That was something that was like real big for me. Like, you know what I mean? Like business was a cornerstone of like, you know, something my dad always talked about. 
right. real big on like you know having your own business and black economics like all the stuff that we hearing about right now like recirculating the dollar and stuff like that that was like really taught in my household early like yeah like, so i understood that from an early standpoint early age and um i always was fascinated with business and finance so i always knew that i, I wanted to work for myself i knew i didn't never wanted to work for anybody else i always wanted to be a businessman i always wanted to be an entrepreneur and um you know my mom just being like you know who she is as far as a school teacher and a nurturer that gave me that that balance you know with the with the energy of entrepreneurship but also the energy of you know having um you know somebody that's grounded in education and right. talking about the importance of education and stuff like that she wasn't she's not an entrepreneur she's never really been you know in business but she always was you know good on the education side and family side and taking care of us and you know cooking every single night and, and, and being a real nurturer so those elements you know and carry with me to this day i think you know we really are shaped by our experiences as a young person as a as a child so for me personally like that kind of you know shaped me to who i am today and what i what i do as far as you know the entrepreneurship side for yeah. sure yeah yeah that's dope. My, my my story is the complete opposite um but i think myself and shadi have a similar characteristic in that we're the youngest of three Right, and so we get to watch the trials and tribulations of our older siblings. Yeah, and um, it kind of inspires us and tells us like, all right, well, we can't do that, but we can do this. Um, and so I got to watch my brothers, you know, fail and succeed, and and learn from those lessons. And I also had leeway just to be like whatever I wanted to be yeah. in a sense, right? Because you know my parents are West City, and so it was like there was that traditional like go to school, get a good education, hopefully you get a scholarship and go to college, and you figure everything else out. And so my parents, you know, they didn't come from a, a financial background. Um, so everything that I had to learn was like self-taught or just, you know, being around my peers and learning on the fly. Um, but I did learn hard work or the ethic of hard work, right? I never, I always tell people my dad worked for 42 years and if you ask me what he did, I couldn't tell you, but I know he went to work yeah. every day, rain, sleet, hell, like he would never vacation. And so like he's a guy that got six weeks and never used any of them. Yeah. Um, just because he got in that habit of going to work and providing for our family and then coming home and repeat after that. Um, but that also inspired me to say like, all right, well, I know there was things that I went through growing up that he wasn't around because he had to work. And so I was like, yo, there's certain things that when I have children, I wanna make sure I'm there for. Right. And so that inspired me in that sense to like, all right, well, how can I get to that space where I have my time to do those things? Right. And so that I am present for all those things that I kind of was like, you know, my parents didn't make it, but I understood why. All right. Let's change the trajectory. How can I make it so that I'm there? And this is the reason why. Dope, dope, dope. No, that's um, you know, it's such an um experience for so many people that um I think a lot of kids are deprived of coming up in households with like two parents. You know what I'm saying? Um, and for you guys, when it came to like even your your parents instilling the idea of faith in you, right? Like um, so you grew up in a um. Islamic household, right? Um, so growing up, uh, what were some things that like your your father or mother instilled in you as far as creating your own relationship with God? I mean, yeah, I grew up in, in definitely a religious household, but not really a strict household like mm -hmm. that, if that makes any sense. But, um, you know, I was like, my parents, you know, it's different, I think, when you convert to a religion. Like, yeah. you, you you hold that religion in a higher regard. Like, you know what I'm saying? So yeah. it's like, both my parents, you know, they converted to Islam in like the 60s, like Nation of Islam originally. Yeah. That was real big, 
um, at that time. And then, you know, they transitioned into, you know, Orthodox Sunni Muslim. Yeah. But I say that to say, you know, they're very like, you know, they hold their religion in a very high regard because it's like they chose their religion. Mm -hmm. Like, you know what I mean? It's different. Like when you actually, they was born a Christian and they, they chose that religion. So, you know, that was something that was real big in my household as far as like, you know, them, you know, never smoking, never drinking ever, um, you know, fasting during the month of Ramadan and, you know, getting up five o'clock in the morning and, you know, there's a lot of stuff like, I, you know, as a kid, you don't really like fully understand it. Like, you know what I mean? Right. It's like, yo, I got to get up. I got to do this, da, 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 da. But, you know, it's good because I understand like, you know, all of that discipline and all that stuff is another thing that I still carry with me to this day. Yeah. So, but, you know, for me, my experience is a little different because it's like most of the people, especially black people in America, like you Christian. Like, yeah. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, or like there's different pockets. Like if you live in Philly, it's different or something like that. Yeah. But growing up, it's like you're Muslim and there's probably like two kids in the whole entire school that's Muslim. So it's not like you're the majority, you're the minority. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you have no no um, choice but to integrate yeah. and make friends. So all my friends is Christian. So, you know, that's the environment that I grew up around. Like, right. you know what I'm saying? So it's like you have to adapt and you have to... Um, learn how other people deal with their different things and you know respect other people's beliefs and respect other people's religions and you know so it's like you know you go into a party and everybody's eating pepperoni you don't eat pork you know what i'm saying <laughs> but you understand you don't judge them for that that's just you know their beliefs are different than your beliefs right. so for me i look at it like you know it was a blessing to actually have that upbringing because you know and that kind of goes back to the entrepreneurship too because you know like even though they left the nation of Islam, a lot of, you know, the teachings, they still kind of carry with them. Right. And one of the teachings was like the um, entrepreneurship. Right. Like, you know, like the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, that's something that he was like real big on. Like he taught them, like that was like part of their training. Right. It's like do for self. And they was like selling bean pies and they was like having stores and warehouses. Like that was like part of like, especially like the early nation of Islam, like business was like a core principle of what they, so that's one of the reasons why my dad was always on the entrepreneur wave. And that's something like he used to always carry with him. So, you know, it was an interesting dynamic growing up in, in, in you know what I'm saying, in New York and an area where nobody's Muslim, you Muslim. And, but like I said, my parents wasn't really strict. Right. So like, you know, I was like my, my I have an older brother who was a club promoter at the time. Yeah. So like when I was like 13, 14, I was going to clubs. Right. You know what I'm saying? I didn't really have a curfew. I never really had a curfew. So it's like coming in of a household that's religious, but you could really do a lot of different things. Like I'm getting tattoos at like 16, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's a, it's a very interesting dynamic, um, which once again, kind of shaped me to who I am now, yeah. where I still carry core principles with me, but I'm not an extremist. Yeah. And I, I still have a, a balance, like, you know what I'm saying? And I think, you know, being able to not, I didn't, I didn't come from a strict home. So I wasn't like overly pressed to do things. Right. Like I was exposed to a lot early on, just being around, you know, seeing different things, but it never, I never got pressured into like doing drugs and smoking yeah. and stuff like that. Cause I just didn't want to. Mm -hmm. But I think like if I was under like strict regulations and then I might have tried different things and done different things, 
just to kind of test it out. Right. But just being around it, I didn't necessarily have to test certain things out because I'm around everybody else that's doing it. Right. So it's a little different for me. It's like, all right, I don't necessarily have to do it because all my other friends are doing it. So I could just learn from their experiences and see like this isn't something that I'm really interested in. Mm. So, you know, it's interesting dynamic growing up for sure. Right, right, right. Yeah. Um, mine's is um, you know, it, it's funny that you said that, like that, that seeing things and not being able to have to experience because other people went around. I feel like my parents went through that. Like my mom, um, they from Jamaica. But my mom was Catholic. My dad's Christian, mm-hmm. and, and so it was interesting because it was like I felt like my parents had to go to church, right? Like especially in the islands, like you going to church every oh, yeah. Sunday and you going to Bible studies and you doing all that. And I think that weighed on my parents so much, especially my dad, that he was like, by the time he had kids, it was like, I, I went to church enough of them. So we, we became like the EMC Christians. Yeah. That's like that Easter, Mother's Day, Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> we was EMC Christians and growing that up. That. that was it, that was the only time you're gonna see us. And then like every time, you know, my grandmother, rest in peace, um, she was heavy into the church. And so like we visit every time, every now and then with her, but it was up to us. I mean, we, we had a relationship with God. Obviously we, we prayed at night. Um, but other than that, it was just like, you'll find it your way. And it wasn't until I got back into the church on my own right. um, because I, my brother, like, you know, we always were around each other all the time. Yeah. And um, he started going to church and he stopped hanging out with us. And I was just like, yo, what's this guy doing? Like, like I'm like, all right, well, let me just see what it's about. And uh, I went to a church in uh, New Rochelle at the time and it was like, the pastor was young and he was using hip hop references, kind of yeah, like, you yeah. know, how we, we, we use hip hop because we grew up in it. And yeah. I was like, all right, this is kind of cool. And so I developed my own relationship with God as a young man and then as a man and a father and a husband and all those things. But it was it was interesting, like growing up, like you said, we just had that freedom. Um, yeah. Yeah, we believed in God, but we weren't going to, to like church every Sunday and Bible right. study and Sunday school and you know what I mean? like. Which, which it, it, I think it benefited me because it was like, all right, well, let me experience what this is like on my own. Let me, let me find out what religion is on my own. Yeah, yeah, no, um, you know, for me, because one of the biggest things that I deal with, um, just even being a Christian, you know, what I'm saying this is, and this is why I call it the unconventional Christian podcast, is because it's like one of the big things that has pushed a lot of Gen Z, a lot of even um, you know older people away from. Um, organized religion is religion is how it's how it's sold how it's packaged and I think a lot of people don't really get an opportunity to experience it on their own Mm -hmm. to have their own like aha moment with God you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying instead it's pushed it's sold you're told to do this that's bad that's good and it's just and you know look at the Bible we're looking at something that was written so many years ago by somebody else um, and I think that um, one of the biggest things, don't get me wrong, there's so many like important things in the Bible, in the Quran that are that are things that can be used today. Mm-hmm. But I think the most important thing for me has been relationships over religion. You know what I'm saying? If people get to see the God in you, then they'll be interested in having their own relationship with God. I think um, for you guys, when was your aha moment when you was like, yo, God is real? I always believed I always believed in God my whole life. Like I said, that's just kind of like how I was brought up. Like, you know what I mean? I feel like you believe whatever your parents tell you. And then as you become more educated, you can make decisions for yourself. Right. So, but you know, like I said, growing up, you know, my, my whole family, my whole family really turned Muslim. Some stayed, some didn't. Like, you know, I come from a real big family. So like my mom has 12 brothers and sisters. Mm. So like, 
mostly all of them at, at some point in time turned Muslim. Some of them, like I said, a lot of them didn't really stay on the path. Yeah. But even if you didn't stay on the path, you still kind of had some level of, you know what I mean, remnants of yeah. it. Like their names, like a lot of them have like Arabic names. My cousins have like Arabic names and nobody eats pork and, you know, j just real into like African tradition and stuff like that. Yeah. So it was always kind of like around me and, um, you know, just going to like, you know, different things at an early age and being taught, you know, like, Quranic lessons at an early age, at an early age, you know, really kind of like, really kind of gives you no choice. I don't think, yeah, to you know, believe in it. Like you know, what I'm saying, if you get older, then you might start to stray away. But I always believed in God just from a, a young age, and nothing really happened to change my mind. I guess the only way that you would stop believing is if like you have an experience or you you have some level of education where it's like all right this changed me as i became more educated like even in college i took a a, a class on religions yeah and you know i actually like got like a straight a in the class without even studying because i already studied i was studying religion like for a long time like i was right. always interested in religion. i used to watch like documentaries on the history channel about religion and stuff like that so right. i always i always knew about like christianity and judaism and hinduism and buddhism Buddha, Buddhism um, so I always believed in God I always believed like there's one God like that's yeah. just my you know my belief like there's one God and you know you can call him whatever you want to call him but right. there's only one God um, so you know I always believed in it it always made sense to me and like even when I started to study different religions like Islam really just made the most sense to me because it was like it's just it's a real easy to understand situation like you know yeah. what I'm saying it's just one entity it's not a it's not a man it's not a picture of nobody it's just one entity and this is the creator and this is who we we pray to like you right. know what i mean and then it's like the tenets of it is pretty much the tenets of every religion like do good um you know give charity yeah you know feed the homeless all of these things is like you know it's not anything that is not asking you to do anything that's detrimental mm -hmm. you know what i mean so i felt like that once i had a, a deeper education on that I just, you know, stay. I was just fortunate enough to be on a on a religious path early on, and nothing ever actually took me off of it. Right, right. Yeah, I, I like I, I agree. I think like God is something that we've always believed in, mm -hmm. uh, especially in my family. Um, like my mom likes to tell the story how she played baby Jesus in her the Christmas play, yeah. and like she's lived this life. Like you know, I've never heard her curse, never seen her drink, never seen her smoke. Like. We, we grew up with those principles, but we believed in God. Um, I think as a man though, um, coming into a relationship, my own relationship, going through like marriage counseling inside the church and taking yeah. on different roles in the church. And yeah. it was like, all right. But I think the the aha moment, like, yo, God is serious, like this is real, real, is um, when my wife now was pregnant with my daughter. Mm. And um, she was uh, she was due in June, but went to into labor in January. Mm. And so like, I remember sitting on like, wait, what do you mean she's about to be born right now? Like my daughter's about to be born January 27th, she's due June 27th. Six months later. And um, went on to bed rest and literally that whole process of being like just nurturing and making sure she's good, make sure she's, she's gonna make it to her due date. That whole process and to see her actually being born, it was like, wow, like look at God. Like yeah. I remember like, there's a yeah. picture I'm just like, in like complete awe of this, like how, like how? Like six yeah. months, like you were, you tried to like come to, to 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 life, and we were able to keep her healthy for another six before she was actually born. Wow. Um, so it was like that was like the look at God moment for me. Yeah, yeah, it was crazy. 
Nah, that's that's, yeah. that's dope, man. Um, and I think that a lot of people um, have to have their own moment. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Like, and that's the thing. I think a lot of people don't get an opportunity to have that moment because sometimes religion will press it on you. Like, yeah, this is that way. And you're, you know, and some people, what happens is life to me, life be life in. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens. Life be life in. Yeah, and, yeah. and, you know, it's for me it's always going to be the thing that catapults you into your relationship with god is when life begins to life mm-hmm. that's when you get to pick an opportunity to say you know have a conversation with god yeah. and really like be consistent with that now for you guys you guys are always on the run always on the move um what's your what's your prayer life like you know what i'm saying like yeah, I mean, you know, it's like for me, my religion, you're supposed to pray five times a day. Yeah. So, you know, that's kind of difficult. But I ain't gonna make an excuse. It's not really difficult. If you put, if you prioritize, you can do anything. So, um, but I try to pray. I always definitely try to pray at least twice, like the morning, especially when I'm home, like the morning prayer, at night prayer. Um, sometimes in the afternoons, I might not be able to catch it. But, uh, you know, it's, it, it, you know, being, like being Muslim is different because it's 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 a lot more requirements, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Than most most religions, like most people, they pray like maybe once a day, or they might just pray like once a month or something. It's not really like a set. I don't know. You correct me if I'm wrong, but like in Christianity, it's not like you have to pray. You don't have no, to. No, pray. No, 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 no. But like that's one of the tenets of that religion. Like you have to pray five times a day. Right. Like you know what I'm saying? So, but I mean, it, it's done for a reason because it's like if you're praying five times a day, like you constantly thinking about God. Right. It doesn't really give you an option to really stray off of that, right? Right. And it's like you know, so yeah, being on the road and and just just being in life in general, I feel like this. This world that we live in, you know, it it takes you off of religious paths. It takes right. you off of thinking about God, because um, you got to provide for your family. You got to work, and it's entertainment, and yeah. there's so many different things that take take your mind and take your time off of it. So, you know, that's something that you know. I think we all try to strive to be better person. But your your question about prayer, for me, that's that's kind of my answer. You know, I try to at least do the morning, um, and then you know. Sometimes I do more, but definitely that's like, you know, try to at least do that for sure. Yeah, uh, it's, the, it's the first thing I do when I wake up. It's yeah. the first thing I do and the, the last thing I do before I go to sleep. Right. Just because uh, I just grew up with that mentality, like every moment that you have here is a blessing. Yeah. And so, you know, I want to be thankful and observant of that every yeah. day, right? Yeah. There's, there's no guarantee I wake up, you know what I'm saying? So I just want to, you know, give thanks for that every single day. And something like, I try to tell my kids, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, it's interesting to watch them and just like, all right, daddy, whatever. Yeah. But like, I'm praying for everybody. Yeah. Um, and like I said, just just to be grateful um, for the blessings that I've received for that day and for the days to come, yeah. you know what I mean? I think it's, it's very important. So yeah, first thing, that's why like I, I said the other day, like I don't keep my phone in my room. I don't want to be distracted because I know I might look at it. It might be the first thing Max. I do when I wake up. So I, I keep it away from me because I, I want to stay grounded in that. Like, all right, before I even like kiss my wife good morning, I'm like thanking God for this day. Mm. You know what I mean? No, that's 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 uh, that's important. You know what I'm saying? I think that a lot of people do not have that. Um, you know, I love I love the foundations of Islam. You know what I'm saying? I love it. Even as a Christian, some people will be looking at me like, what? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I, I think there's that barrier that has to be broken because I'm in the gym, I'm going up the stairs, and you know how you go around a circle of the stairs, but the first floor, 
I was running past and I saw a dude pull out his mat and he was praying under the stairs in the gym. Mm. And I was just like so in awe of his like unashamedness because even as much as I am somebody who prays, I just think of myself saying, let me go in this corner right here on the floor and, and lay on the floor and pray and bow my head. Yeah. And it's yeah. Like, that's, that's like when we was in I was Africa. We was in Egypt. Egypt. I think, I think it might have been Nigeria too, I saw. But, um, you know, it's like when prayer time, you know, both, Egypt, obviously, that's a Muslim country. Yeah. Nigeria is like 50-50. Yeah. But there's a lot of Muslims in Nigeria, obviously, 50% of the population. That's a lot. But it's like, when it's prayer time, like you see people just in the street. Yeah. yeah. You know what I'm saying? And they it's don't like care. whatever. But, yeah. But <laughs> that comes with yeah. And but it's even more impressive to do that in a non Muslim country because it's like if you're in a Muslim country, it's still it's you around it's it's, it's one looking. They're it's, it's regular. Exactly, it's yeah, regular. Yeah, yeah. But like you said, if you're if you're in New York and it's just like, you know, that's you know, that's kinda hard. And like even, you know, um dressing. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like women, like, you know what I'm saying? Like my mom, like she, you know, w never shows her hair, always covered her, her hair. God, yeah, like, so my sister doesn't do that, but I can understand, like, that's a lot of pressure. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like, you might not feel comfortable. Like, it takes a lot of confidence. Yeah. It takes a lot of confidence to, you know, carry yourself mm -hmm. in that manner, to dress in that manner, because it's like, it automatically attracts attention. Right. Like, you know what I'm saying? Automatically attracts attention and automatically, you know, people look at you like you're different. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, treat you like you're different or whatever, but it's like, if that's what you believe in, then that's what that's what belief is. That's what it really is. Like, right, going against what everybody else thinks is cool and just saying, standing firm on like what you believe in. And that's like, you know, something that everybody has to come to grips with with themselves. But um, yeah, it's definitely like something that, you know, when you see people do stuff like that, it's like you really believe in something. And no matter what you believe in, it's, it's always impressive when you see somebody that has that much conviction and not ashamed to just show like this is this is what I believe in and this is what I do it you know yeah. it's different level to observe it like walking on the sidewalk in Egypt yeah I mean we was walking and like this girl walked in the street got hit by a car like the car tapped her mm -hmm. nobody moved like no it was like yo we'll, we'll get to that yeah right traffic now, the traffic is crazy but it was crazy. like yo we, we're praying right now and everybody gets their masks and they're praying to the east and I'm like I'm like yo this is this is like I'm I'm glad to witness this. Yeah. Like this level of discipline is like you don't see this. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it was, that's why I was traveling is dope, but traveling and seeing other people's religions, other people's ways of life is, is pretty dope too. Yeah, and I, I was so inspired. And even in this conversation, I feel like I'm a renewed inspired to get to a space of such unashamedness in your ability to pray. You know what I'm saying? Because sometimes we kind of just be like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to seem weird praying. Right? Yeah. It's just, but it's not because it's weird. But we're we're still in a space where it's gratitude. You know what I'm saying? Every moment we have an opportunity to be thankful. Be thankful. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It, like, I mean, it, it, even bigger than prayer. It's like, yo, I remember like for years it'd be like, yo, what's Troy had on Sunday? He going to church. It's like, yo, like, what, what's wrong with that? <laughs> yeah, I'm going to church, but the, no, like, nobody was going to church. My my friends wasn't going to church every Sunday. And it was like, yo, that's where I'm, that's where I'm at. You want to find me from nine to twelve? That's where I'm at. Like, beat me there. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. But it, it, it's that connotation. Like, ah oh, man, whatever. He, what is, he, he trying to live a perfect life. Like, yeah. you know what I'm saying. I'm like, nah, man. I'm just trying to just further my relationship here. Right. But right. It's, it's part of it. Now, now, um, for you guys, now both fathers. You know what I'm saying. Like, yeah. Fatherhood, man. Um, that journey um, into fatherhood. Um, 
just being able to instill some of the things that you've learned along the way into your children. Um, Because your son's name is Nas, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So um, how has the journey been as far as like raising, um, raising your children, you know what I'm saying, and pouring into them and seeing that beautiful journey come to fruition? Just from like an all-around standpoint or like yeah. a religious standpoint? Um, all-around standpoint. Uh, it's been amazing, you know what I mean? Like to actually see somebody that, you know, is like a miniature version of you, but still a different person. Yeah. You know, like he kind of looks like me, but he has his own personality and his own, you know, attitude towards things. Yeah. And, you know, his own upbringing is different. Like, you know what I'm saying? To grow up, A, he's just growing up different than me, period. You know what I mean? Because it's like, A, me and his mom aren't together. Right. So that's a different dynamic than what I grew up in. Both of my parents was then in the household. So that's a different dynamic altogether. But then also it's a different generation where you have social media, you have, you know, TikTok, you got, you know, Fortnite. So his, his, his upbringing is just different than my upbringing was, you know? Right. Um, but it's dope to actually be able to, you know, spend time with him and, and give him information and just watch him, you know, soak it in yeah, and learn and, and you know, just kind of follow a lot of the, the things that, you know, my, my dad did for me, like, you know what I'm saying? Like as far as sports, like I was real, I played sports my whole life and that was my dad taking me all over the city, all over, all over everywhere, really, you know what I mean? Taking me to tournaments in Jersey, taking me to tournaments and. Brooklyn, Queens, like that was like something like all over that my whole childhood it was like really spent playing basketball. Now I get to actually have that experience with him. Right. And you know, take him. I was just in Jersey with him last weekend for a tournament. So, you know, I'm I'm running around with him and, and you know, trying to get him personal trainers and stuff like that and mm-hmm. going to AAU tryouts with him. So, um, you know, it's 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 a it's a good experience, I think. Because it's like, you know, still learning on the fly. It's not like anybody hasn't mastered it, I think, to be a parent. There's no perfect parent. Right. You know, all you can do is just try to, you know, provide for them and, you know, give them as much attention and, and love and support as you can. And then, you know, they shape however they supposed to, you know, shape. But it's, it's been definitely a good experience for me, definitely, for sure. Yeah, I think it's the greatest thing I've, that I've ever done. Yeah. I think it will be the greatest thing that I've ever done. Um, because that's legacy. Yeah. Um, and it goes back to like what I was saying before about like you see the things that your parents were able to do and not able to do, and now you get a chance to press reset on that. Yeah. Like, do you want to become the same one? But it also gives you a sense of perspective. Like, I used to like question, like, yo, man, my dad doesn't even, he doesn't take me to basketball, right? right? Well, he grew up playing cricket. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, how many of my friends are playing cricket? Yeah. So if I if I wanted to do something, I had to go to Van Cortland and watch him play cricket. Right. You know what I'm saying? Um, but but what that did was it also made me think as as I became a father, like, well, who's his model? Mm. He didn't have a father, right? You know what I'm saying? Like if I think about my mom, she didn't have a father, mm. and so what the model of a father was supposed to be wasn't set for him, and so I understood that part. So like even when he's telling like his dad took him to basketball practice or baseball. Like my parents wasn't doing any of that. Like I remember going to school, it was like, yo, I'm like, yo, the kids got lunch boxes with snacks. Like they're like, hey, go to school. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And now it's like, yo, my kids go to like they go to that. My kid, my my parents were at work, so they never were able to do parent teacher conference, and they weren't able to come to the recitals, and they weren't able to come to any basketball games. And it's like, I get it because their thing was like provide, provide, provide. If I don't provide, you won't be able to do those things anyway. Right. And so my thing was like, all right let's put myself in a position where I'm able to do some of these things and see what the impact is. Plus they have now the freedom, right? right. It was like, yo, you gotta be successful. Like go to school, go to school, go to school. 
And now we're putting our kids in a position where it's like, let's try a bunch of things. And every whatever you think you're gonna be successful at or whatever you wanna put a passion toward, let's do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a whole different dynamic. That's why I said I think it'll be the greatest thing that I'll ever be able to do is to raise my children. Right. And the goal is really to like one day when I'm not here, like wherever they go, they'll know like, yo, that's yo, you know, that's that's Troy's son. That's yeah. that's Troy's daughter. Troy's and the way I've treated people and the way I've taken care of people and, and given value to people, they'll see it in return and pay it back towards my, my children and their children and their children to come. Right, right. So, and it's, it's, it's dope to see that because you guys come from two different spectrums, right? Because you're married, you know, single life. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, I wanna, this question, because you know, just as black men and growing up and seeing so many different um, people go through different uh, struggles when it comes to raising children, how important is it when it comes to picking the person that um, you have children with? Uh, it's, it's vitally important. I, I mean, I speak from my, from my standpoint. It's vitally important um, because this, like, this is now an extension of you, right? Like, mm -hmm. two become one. That's the the, the code of marriage, right? Yeah. And so, it's, it's important. If if you're not evenly yoked, it's going to be tough to live in marriage. And on top of that, be parents inside of a marriage. That's yeah. a whole different dynamic, yeah. right? Because you have to have time for this person, but you also have to have time for the people that you've now created, and you yeah. have to have time for your career or your purpose inside. And so a lot of times we forget what got us here, which was the union at first. Right. And so working on that, and I say work, but a lot of people are like, yeah, it's a job, but it really doesn't become one, right? Like that's why like when people say quote unquote soulmates, or you, you find like your best friend in life, like that your life partner. Yeah. It's like this is the person that I, I want to go on this journey with. Right. So that's very important. A lot of people are not thinking like that. Like they're like, yo, she's bad. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like she looked good. We'll figure this out. Um, but it, those those key components will have a long lasting effect on how long the relationship could last. And maybe it doesn't last forever, mm -hmm. but it can last for a good time and yeah. and you can have solid um effects of that on your on your children long term as well. Right. Yeah, I think it's definitely extremely important, you know. Um, life happens, so you, you, sometimes in life, you know, you could try to, you know, plan for the best, but it just still doesn't work out. Um, but the, the key is to actually, you know, try to prepare early on. And, um, you know, that's something that can really stop a lot of people is uh, having children with the wrong person, mm -hmm. you know, whether it's in wedlock or out of wedlock, really. You know, relationships can, can take a toll on you. Uh, mentally, emotionally, financially, that's a yeah. big, especially for men, like, you know, child support, this is something that, you know, a lot of men struggle with, like, you know, yeah. working a job and trying to trying to do what they can do, but then they gotta pay child support. And then you got two kids, now that's like half of your paycheck gone, and then you got, so it's like, you never really get a chance to really get over the hurdle, and then it's like, you fall back, and then they, they could take your your um, your license, and your, you could even go to jail. So much. So, it's, mm -hmm. you know, it's a real issue, especially mm -hmm. for black men to really consider black men and women, but I mean, we all men, so we having a conversation as men, like, you know, just be prepared to have a child first before you have a child. Be prepared as much as you possibly can because you're never gonna be fully prepared, but try to be prepared and, you know, really understand that, you know, the person that you're having a child with, it's like a lifelong commitment. Even if you're not with her, you still gotta, you know, have a relationship with her for the rest of your life. So understand that and, and you know, go through that process um, very wisely and, and not just, you know. Pick the right one to pick the kitties up. 
Yeah, so I, it's interesting because you know um, when I speak to I speak to Spec and we talk about this and and this may be um, people may have different opinions on this. Is there really is there a balance when it comes to family family life and your business life? Is there a balance? I mean, it depends. I guess you know I seen um, I saw Shannon Sharp had put, put something on that went viral and it was like you know his. In summary, it was like, no, you can't really have a balance. Like, if you're going to be great. And I kind of agree with him on that because I feel like, you know, I don't know anybody that has reached a level of, like, exceptional greatness, whether it's in business or sports or music, anything that, you know, I don't think anybody has really ever have a balanced life. They might have a balanced life later on. But, you know, that's why you look at the Forbes list and – a lot of them are divorced, right? Yeah. Or if you look at, you know, um, people like Michael Jordan, and it's like, you know, obviously he wasn't there. LeBron James, no matter how good of a father he is, and he's probably one of the best fathers that we have in the example, he's not there for the majority of his kids' games. Yeah. It's not because he doesn't want to. He's working. Yeah. He's on the road. He got 82 games, like, you know what I'm saying? So it's difficult to be there to, to pick up your son from school mm-hmm. when you got 82 games on the schedule, like, you know what I'm saying? Right. So I just feel like that level of excellence you really can't have balance. The most you can do is try to, you know, be present when you're there and do the best that you possibly can. Yeah. But I feel like life is a seesaw. And a lot of times you ask for these things, you ask to be famous, you ask to be wealthy, that you don't get those things without trade-offs. Yeah. The trade-offs is that is work. Right. You know what I'm saying? That's the part that nobody sees. It's like they see this person with a bunch of money, they see this person that's famous. What did he get to? What did he do to get that? He sacrificed his whole life. Right. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, and even even if you don't get that, like, even if you look at like civil rights leaders, look at like Malcolm X and Martin Luther King, like they wasn't really there a lot of the times. And you can see that like, they had strong women. They had their wives was present, right. and they was taking care of a lot of the household things. But you know what I mean? They wasn't actually able to pick their kids up because they was fighting for our rights. Right. They were fighting civil rights. They sacrificed their lives for us. Like, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So that's just my opinion on it. That's my yeah. take on it. I, it's tough, man. It's tough. Like, all those things I said I wanted to be there for, yeah. like, even for us, like, now I'm slowly being pulled away from. Yeah. So there, there comes sacrifice with it, right? Like, we, my kids didn't ask for this, but this is what comes with the business that we've created. You know what I'm saying? Like, people, like you said, people don't see that. They don't see, like, yeah, they see us, like, yo, we traveling, we traveling. But on the other end of that, there's a kid who's missing his father. Yeah. And a daughter was missing her father and a wife was missing her husband. And so I, I think that the best way to even try to attempt to balance it is to have like extreme, extreme communication um, channels. Yeah. Um, so communication, it, it, it doesn't like no matter where I am in the world, like I'm up when, when our kids are getting on that bus. Yeah. And I'm FaceTiming them before they get on the bus and I'm FaceTiming them when they get off the bus. Right. Yeah. Because it was the same thing that I was asking for when I was working. Like I want to be there for them. Right. And so having those levels of communication, but also having communication with my my, my wife. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because like again, now she's missing a husband and she's raising kids. Mm. You know what I mean? So there's a there's more pressure. Um. So it, having communication, but explaining to them what's happening. Yeah. Right. They grew up with their dad really just coming home from being a teacher and being able to check their homework, and hopefully got to go get mommy from the train station, and then we have dinner and. Then, bathe and go back and next day we do the same thing yeah and now it's like daddy where you going how long you gonna be there yeah 
two weeks. We're not gonna see you for two weeks. And it's like you can feel it, right? You can yeah. feel that pressure, like damn, like. But then you I explain it to him, and it becomes more of a. I understand. And so now every time it becomes a little bit easier. Like daddy has to go away. Mm-hmm. Oh, what part? Of what, can I come? And so yeah. like that's one of the things we do too. Is like any chance we get to bring our families, we bring them. Yeah, so they can see dope. what this is like. Yeah, yeah, brought them to Egypt. Do we got? They that can see fire. what it's like. Like this is this is this is what we're doing when we out here. And they're like, wait, you got to go do another episode. You got to go do this. Like, yeah, this is what I'm doing when we're, we're away. Like, so they get a clear understanding, and you know, they might say like, yo, I want to do that. Hmm. I want to, I want to do that. It's not like yo, when my dad was like, we're going to Toronto every summer, and I get to watch him play cricket for three hours. And I'm like, this ain't no vacation, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah, it's part of it. So I, I would say like. It's tough, um, but making the attempt to try to balance, I think, goes a long way. Yeah, I don't know if it's possible, but the attempt in itself yeah. is good enough. What in your life? Because with that, like you know, there's no balance, right? Like something has to suffer, right? Mm-hmm. For both of you, what suffers? I think time with my family. Mm-hmm. Um, number one, that's yeah. that's the most glaring one. Um, yeah, like I, I, I always say that, like in. I don't post as much on Instagram because I want them to, like they didn't ask to be a part of social media. Yeah. Their dad is part of social media, you know what I mean? So I try to keep, I'm a, I guess I'm a social presence with a private life, I'd like to think of it. Right. Yeah, so I try to keep that like as close as, as, as to, to me as possible. You know what I mean? Yeah, understood. Um, I think it's sacrifice. You said what, what's- What suffers the most. What suffers? Um, I guess just like having like a you know a personal life. Like, you know, yeah. we only have I don't really have a personal life like too much. Like we traveling, we have do different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like I ain't really doing too much outside of that. You know, um, back you know try to spend as much time with my son, but like a healthy relationship. Yeah, different things mm. that people prioritize. Like it's not really a top level priority for me right now because I'm like I know that I'm not even gonna be able to really give somebody a full. You know what I'm saying? Like and, it's kind of selfish. And I think that's powerful that's, though, right? That's that's, that's not even real. selfish. That's no, I'm real. saying that's selfish for me for you to, to try. get yeah. into something because I know that I'm not gonna be present. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but that's what I'm saying. Like to for to have that perspective is in depth. Like yo, I know that this, but on the other end, somebody's looking at it. They're like, no, no, no. It's like no, nah, like this is what's best. Yeah, I think that that's powerful. Yo, I mean that's so real because a lot of people, a lot of I think a lot of men are unable to say that. You know what I mean? Because yeah. You know, the desire is there. The You know, there's a space where love is there. But it's the classic, you know, saying sometimes love isn't enough. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, and women don't want to accept it either. Because a woman, a woman, not all women, but some women will want a man, like, that is successful or has certain movement around. Because certain things are attractive. And all signs point to the fact that he's not going to be present he's not going to be the best communicator but they'll like look us they'll they'll push that to the side and they'll like want to be with the person and then when that becomes an issue it's like yo you're not communicating but it's like i wasn't communicating from the beginning yeah like you know what i'm saying but it's like you we look past certain things when we want certain things so it's like that's a that's a difficult dynamic for you know a relationship when it's like if you want to be with somebody that you know you really sh- is not the best person to be with. Yeah. But because of other factors, you kind of say like, this is the best person to be with. Yeah. And it, it doesn't work out. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like where the, the right person for you might be right next to you, but you looking past them 
because they don't have the other things that another person might have. Yeah. I, yeah. You should play like soon you'll understand as he's saying this. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is the perfect record to right? play this in the This is the like perfect like background music for this segment. Yeah, <laughs> yo, that's, and that's, that's real because like you said, that's that ends up being some form of self-abandonment, right? Like that plays into people, we do that, you know what I'm saying? Because we say, yo, this person has 60% of what I want, but that 40% later on plays a role later on because you realize like, yo, I do, I like love, I like affection, yeah. <laughs> I like waking up. You realize if somebody likes waking up next to that person every day. They like the opportunity to make breakfast for that person. And then you re don't, re don't realize that you're signing up for the possibility that you'll be making breakfast for one every morning. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So, and it's not, but you know, but you that's know, real, that's you real got talk. that Birkin though, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> you got that Rolly, you got that range outside, you know, Everything's paid for. You could, you can, you know, live live your life. But in the same token, on a family side of things, that you know, having a committed partner yeah. that that understands your purpose too, though. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. A lot of people claim to understand your purpose until they have to step into those shoes yeah. where they have to realize that it's going to require some sacrifice. Yeah, that's why I think the communication piece is is vitally important. Because at the beginning, it was just like, I'm assuming that you you hear it, like I'm saying these things, but I'm talking to so many people and I forgot to communicate with you. Mm-hmm. Like imagine that. And so like from that end, it almost feels like the world is more important than you. Yeah. When it's the opposite, right? Yeah. Like this world is more important than them. Yeah. And so like that's the communication piece. And like as I learned that, yeah. my life, especially as we started to ascend and move around a lot more, became a lot easier. Because it was yeah. like, yo, here's what's happening. How are you doing? You're right? Like you forget to even ask these questions. Yeah. Like because it feels like somebody should be asking you how you feeling. Like I'm the one yeah. out here just going crazy right now. Like I, <laughs> I miss I miss being home too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And and so like that that piece, that communication piece is so, so vitally important. And and that's that's a perfect segue into the question because you you know, having people ask you, How are you? You know what I'm saying? Just as men, as black men in mm-hmm. this world, as 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 a globe trotters trendsetters that you two are realistically like what um what amount of time or investment do you do into your mental health uh i think every day i'm trying to just block out time for me mm-hmm. um so like like i said I'll, I'll, I'll put the phone down i'll close the computer up i'll just go sit outside <laughs> just yeah. like get the fresh air Get my thoughts together. I like when it's quiet. We had this conversation the other day. It's crazy. We maybe two weeks ago I called him and I was just like, Yo, how are you? Mm. He's like, What you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, yo, like, cause I know what it's like, right? Like there's yeah. a couple of people in this equation that knows what this is like moving around. Right. And like me and him for sure know what it's like. Cause we you know what I mean? We're, we're doing it as a face of it. Right. And I was like, yo, how many times has somebody even asked you how you feel? Like, how you doing? Yeah. Like I know him his whole life, you know what I'm saying? Like that part of like what he was just explaining, like, yo, I don't, I can't do this right now. Doesn't mean that I never want to do it yeah. or I don't want to get back to this place. Yeah. And so like tapping in with him like that is important. And him tapping in with me and tapping in with our other brothers is like, because nobody's, everybody's like, yo, what y'all doing next? What y'all doing next? Yeah. Like, yo, what's going on on a personal level? Yeah, we have a business relationship, but we brothers first. Yeah. And so that part is the piece that gets looked over. So like, I, I try to quiet the noise. I try to tell him to quiet the noise. He not gonna, he, 
Robot. Yeah, yeah, robot status. I'm like, yo, I'll, I'll put down and like I'll have 47 text messages that I miss. And I don't feel away. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I got to keep my sanity, keep, try to keep that balance. Yeah. And so like when I said like I don't keep my phone after 10, good luck. If you didn't talk to me about something that was vitally important before, before 10 p.m., yeah. then it could wait for tomorrow. The right. only time it's going, I'm going to answer is like if he called me because it's probably an emergency. Right. You know what I'm saying? Relating to himself or something in the business. Because mm. um, everybody else, they already know. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, so I try, to, I try to block out space for that. Yeah, I do the morning. Like, that's <laughs> been like a ritual for me, like, for years, even before this. Like, I wake up in the morning and, like, you know, just kind of like, not like a full meditation, but. You know, just lay in bed, just get my thoughts together. I do that a lot, actually. Like, you know what I mean? Like, just, I've always been kind of like a, more of a, a loner. Like, you know what I'm yeah. saying? So, I'm I'm by myself. Now, I'm, you know, we do this all the time. But for the most part, I'm usually by myself. So, I like being by myself because it just gives me time to think. Mm. So, I don't know if that's classified as like a mental health exercise or not. But for me, I just like that vibe because I feel like, you know, that, that, that allows me to like flush out thoughts and kind of work things through my mind and you know think I don't have to like be around a bunch of people and have a bunch of conflicting ideas and thoughts and things of that nature so I mean that's 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 how I look at it like you know what I'm saying like I just like to just have some some time to just zone yeah. zone out and that helps the creative process too because I come up with different ideas and different things of that nature so that's real big but the morning I definitely, you know, that's like a morning ritual for me like before I get out of bed I usually stay in bed for like sometimes up to an hour mm. or just like you know I got my phone. I'm kind of scrolling through Instagram, but I'm still like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just, I'm in my vibe. Like, you know what I'm saying? I'm just in my vibe. Like, I'm in yeah. my happy place. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's dope to see that um, that's why you guys are brothers, but that yin, that yang. Yeah, 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 for sure. Because, you know, you guys are able to keep each other sharp, you know what I'm saying? And that's like a lot of times, you know, people don't have that. You know, you have some, like a lot of people industry-wise that, you know, maybe solo. You have like the Kevin Hart's who have like people around him, you know what I'm saying? But he doesn't have a partner when it comes to being able to um, get into that space of just like, you know, letting the guards down and getting vulnerable. And vulnerable is such a weird word to men. <laughs> yeah, you know what yeah, I'm yeah. saying? But it's like vulnerability is necessary. Opportunities to just be able to say to my man, to say, yo, I'm overwhelmed. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's much. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Like, I need help with this. You know what I'm saying? It's just, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough step to take because I don't know. I think in our, you know, in our community, of course, it's been, you know, talked down on to be vulnerable. Yeah, you know we can do it all. Yeah. <laughs> you know, this season of my life, Ladoon's life has been ultimate vulnerability and transparency because it helps me. You know what I'm saying? I'm able to be transparent. I don't know what you, you I, I'm sure you have to be ultimately transparent with your wife. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So, and when it, it makes life to, easier. <laughs> yeah. Because sometimes as men, we think that we don't, not sharing something is, um, makes us stronger. makes us more powerful. Like I'm carrying this load, mm -hmm. but being able to share, you know what I'm saying? With somebody, you know what I'm saying? And um, that's dope, man. I love it for y'all, man. Yeah. Appreciate I, it. I, I encourage everybody to do that. Tap in on your people. Yeah. Um, you never know what's going on. Yeah. So, and then also, let me lean into this. Mike, so with y'all stepping into this space you are, now you guys are earning your leisure. You guys are the face of, in. you guys are the face of the new Black Wall Street to me. You know what I'm saying? You guys are the face. So many people have made in the last 
the ripple effect of what earning your leisure will have in the next five to 10 years is um, indescribable. Can't describe what it's gonna, we can't see it, but we know it's coming. It's, it's such a big thing. Um, did you guys ever have a space where you felt imposter syndrome coming into who you guys are now? Imposter syndrome. Nah, I didn't, cause I always knew. I I, I always knew that I wanted to do this before. Stop dirty. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So I always knew. I always knew I was special. Like not even to say it like that, but I always felt I was special my whole entire life. Like I kind of always had issues with coaches. Yeah. I always like you know what I'm saying, cause some people look at it like you're arrogant, but I just knew that I was just a different person. Yeah. So even with the social media thing, what we doing now, like I had the plan before we had the idea of earning your leisure. I'm like, I wanted to be an individual financial superstar on the right. internet. I want to write books. I was telling people, I want to write books. I want to, cause I saw there was an avenue for it and right. I knew I could do it. So it's like the big Sean said, like, what do you say? It was like, um, he asked me how I feel. I'm gonna say it's everything that I expected. Like, you know yeah. what I'm saying? It's just kind of everything that we really expected. I expected because I always knew that it was a it was a it was a way for it. It was an avenue for it, and um, you never really know how it's gonna happen or when it's gonna happen. Mm-hmm. But um, kind of had a feeling, you know. So yeah. it's like when you have that feeling when it happens, it's not really like you know that much of a surprise. Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's interesting. Like, if you if you peel back the layers of imposter syndrome. I'm with him on that. Like we always, you ask the people that we worked with, like I worked with that was working for me. And I said, yeah, we're gonna figure this out. Yeah, we're gonna be, we're gonna be important. Right. Like just stay close. We used to tell everybody, like, yo, just stay close. close. Yo, know, just stay close, bro. Trust me, it's gonna work. I don't know what it's gonna be. We had a few other businesses that didn't work, but just stay close. We're gonna figure this thing out. Um, I, I um, so like we we knew something was gonna happen. We just didn't know what. And in the sense of the imposter, not really. Um, cause we, the, the illest part is that we just get to be ourselves every day. Right. Like that's ah. the illest part. Like we really just get to be ourselves. So the people that know us and grow, grew up around us and have come to know us over the past few years, they're like, this is who we are consistently with a camera's on or a mic's on or not. Yeah. We could be in the barbershop right now doing the same conversation. We could be on wall street having the same conversation. Um, so that authenticity is something that we ain't have to come up with. Mm. Um, there, there've been times in. I guess learning, there's yeah. like self-doubt. Not really imposter, right? Because yeah. I come from an education background. He's from He comes from a financial background, right? So like I have to learn that world, but I don't yeah. have to learn this one. I know yeah. how to teach. I've been doing that my whole life. I've been working with kids since I was 15 years old. And so like learning that and like, yo, do I know enough? But what that does is it channels something else inside. It's like, oh, I don't know that? No, nah, I gotta learn, right? I gotta right. learn. Oh, when he's talking, I'm listening very intently. Right. Oh, I know what an IUL is. I, I dare somebody to ask me now. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, I, I can tell you about life insurance. That's because right. I'm hearing it so much. It's right. like, now I'm, I'm like, all right, bet. I'm just adding it to my tool belt. You know what I mean? So we knew we was going to be here. It, just, it was a matter of time and what the avenue was going to be. But it just so happened that it was what we were already doing. And that's a, that's a message in itself. It's like a lot of times people will try to find or create their purpose. And it's right in front of you. Yeah. Like, he was a financial advisor. Like, I've been working with children and teaching since I was 21 years old. Yeah. Financial literacy. We're teaching people about finance. Like, right. The purpose was already there. Yo, it's a bar. <laughs> it's a bar, man. Look, man, because I'm what you guys are talking about right now is it's it's so easy to be in your purpose when you are who you are. You know what I'm saying? You're not being somebody else. There's so many people struggling in the industry and all these businesses because 
they are pretending to yeah. be somebody or they're trying to be somebody other than themselves so they don't even last they don't make it to the final lap man you know this the marathon man yeah, yeah, they don't get yeah. an opportunity to make it to that final lap because they've never been who they authentically were the entire time yeah you know what i'm saying so you're now coming into who you are as far as uh earning your leisure if you had to give um advice to someone who's stepping into this lane who wants to who wants to get into financial literacy who wants to step into podcasts um what was some what's some advice that you would give to your younger self now well i mean i say this all the time but the biggest advice that i would give is just to do it earlier that's the only regret i have is like you know like i said i had the plan already in place it was just took me a lot longer because it's like you know you have a certain level of self-doubt and fear that nobody else is going to really relate to it and you yeah. know you just make up a bunch of excuses like you're not prepared you're going to wait next year and you're going to get you know, so everything that i wanted to do you know i want i should have done earlier because I, yeah. I already wanted to do it i had the plan had the vision had the whole thing mapped out it just took a long time for it to actually get in motion and once it got in motion it was like you know everything worked out how i thought it was going to work out and even better so that would be the advice that i would give to any young person that's podcasting or just anything in general is like just start early like, you know what i mean yeah. don't don't let other people stop you don't let yourself stop you even if it doesn't work out it's just a learning experience at the end of the day i look at it like you know um we're all going to die at the end of the day right. so it's like it doesn't really matter like you know what i'm saying like if it doesn't, if it's not going to kill you, it's not that big of a deal. That's right. how I look at it. Like you start something, you lose all your money. You it's like, all right, just start again, start back. Like you know what I'm saying, like you can't really lose if you didn't start with anything. So, I think we just put too much fear, too much self doubt, too much hurdles in our way, and that stops us from ever starting. And most people just never start. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's like just start, start early, learn. And um, just go for it. Right. Hmm. Yeah. My younger self, I would tell him, um, just keep going. The glory is on the other side. Like, I live by that. Like, the glory is on the other side. Hmm. And so, there's a lot of times, and people can definitely relate to that. Like, you're in a position or you're working and you're really busting your ass every day. And you're just like, yo, what is this for? Yeah. But you just keep going. Like, most, some people will quit, but most people keep going. Yeah. And so, the glory is on the other side. Like, I really was like, working like every day from like seven and getting home at seven and when i was in in um new york city and it was just like yo damn man this, is this really worth it yeah but all those things shaped the person i am it helped me become a better educator right it helped me communicate uh even more effectively with the youth and my original thing was like he like he said he had to plan to be a financial superstar my thing was like let's scale these programs that we're doing on right. a larger scale Right. And so I was like, all right, well, that can be it, right? We can teach and have these programs everywhere in the world. And right. that, you know, that still may happen, but it was like, all right, just keep going. Because every piece of the puzzle, every step, every day, there's something that's getting added to this journey, to this chapter that you're writing, or this book that you're writing, every single thing. Like, even when I remember I got evaluated in school and um, I had, I had, uh, I wasn't happy about it. Like I was yeah. just like, this doesn't make any sense. Like I know what my worth. I know I'm, I'm great at this, and I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm quitting. I'm leaving. Right. And they called me into the office. Like, you serious? I'm like, yeah. Like for what I'm trying to bring, and to be for somebody to view me in this light is just inconsistent with what I believe. So I'm leaving. But I was like, again, at that moment, it was just like, 
the glory's on the other side of this. There's gonna be a lesson from this. And like a year later, we started the podcast. Two years later, I'm not at the school anymore. Yeah. The glory's on the other side. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Now, if I change my name to the Glories on the Other Side, <laughs> I change my podcast to the Glories on the Other Side, man. I'm trademarking that. <laughs> I'll split it with you. <laughs> um, yo, it's, and you know, um, we're getting ready to wrap soon. Um, but changing is zero. I, I, I want to touch on that. Yeah, before yeah, I yeah. touch on that, I yeah. just want to, I have, always have to commend the EYL team. Everyone plays their role. Everybody knows their role. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? There's no... This is why it's success because I feel like a lot of people don't have teams that where people know their role. And I've been around y'all, you know, I'm happy to be EYL Doom, you know what I'm saying? I know my role, just <laughs> EYL Doom for now. But um, stepping into the space, like your team, everyone from Mike, um, ASO, Bam, Jamal, everyone plays their role. And that's what makes this team successful. Mm -hmm. um, I just want to throw that out there. Yeah. Changing your zero. We had that story. We had the conversation. We were talking about your wife. You was talking about like bank account. I just want that story. Is so it was so pivotal. I came back from Nigeria. I might have told that story like 60 times Yeah. about changing your zero. Just run that back to me. Yeah, man. So it was, it, I mean, the conversation was based off of people's goals. Right. Mm -hmm. And so like when we're trying to save money, um, we'll start at a high number. Like, let's get let's get to ten thousand, or let's yeah. get to, like well, let's start at a hundred dollars. Yeah. Right. And so if I can save a hundred dollars, great. That becomes my new zero. Yeah. So if I get to a hundred in my account, I'm broke. Right. Right. And so if I keep that same mentality, now I just up the barrier a little bit. Now I get to save a thousand dollars. Can I do that? Can I really do that? Right. All right. Bet I did it. Now if that. A thousand now becomes a new zero. At least I have a thousand saved, but I know I can't go lower than this amount. Right. And so when people have that mindset of changing their zero, moving it, let's move it to five thousand. Yeah. You've now had a nest egg for yourself, right? A savings that you can now say, all right, well, I'm capable of doing this. Right. By the time you get to five, let's go to ten. Now right. ten thousand becomes a new zero. Right. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. with that ten thousand, now you maybe can start a business. Right, you can now invest. And all you did was just change your mindset, really. Right. right? Most people will grind until they get to nothing. Mm. They feel like, yo, I got $20 in my account. Or just glorified, like, yo, man, my account was negative $35. Yeah, okay. And you, re you <laughs> rebounded from that. But what yeah. if you, if the $1,000 was your negative 35 Yeah. That mindset shift is so key. And what it can do on a number of levels is, one, save, invest, and at the, eventually you be able to share. Right, because that's one of the pillars, right? Yeah. Like giving back to those who are needy. Right. And so, like that, just that, just mindset shift of just changing what what you think your zero is could take you like out of here. Mm. No, that's 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 beautiful, man. I think that, and I've I've been I've been saying change your zero to everyone I speak to now, <laughs> like more than more than ever. I'm always saying change your zero to people because I think it's just it is a mindset reset. Yeah. A lot of people need a mindset reset. Um, one of the technical questions, you know, I try to keep it super. Uh, I want to. I want to talk about things people don't ever hear you guys talk about. But everybody wants to talk about the metaverse, right? <laughs> um, in our community, what what is something you would give in layman's terms to people when it comes to just being able to give them that advice about? Not metaverse is one part of it, but you know, stock, stocks, crypto, like it's just being able to have that conversation with people and saying in layman's term this is why it's important for our community to take that step into it i mean of course don't get me wrong the last two years 
thanks to you thanks to so many people um you know from 19 keys to um just uh you know brother ben x um you know alex good energy seeing so many people step into this um space of um financial literacy um but there is still a lot of pushback from people when it comes to things like crypto and the metaverse Mm -hmm. um if you had to give a layman's term explanation of the importance of us taking that step into the metaverse space or even into crypto space now what would it be well, so I, I would say it's a, a tremendous uh opportunity um to to invest um it's it's a it's a new frontier it's a new asset class in itself and i'm talking about cryptocurrency and inside the metaverse because that'll usually whatever uh, cryptocurrency will be accepted inside of it. And so I would say the first thing is number one, let's familiarize ourselves with it. Mm -hmm. I would say like th this plane is taking off. Do you want to be left at the terminal or not? Right. Right. And so my thing is like, especially for us in our community, I want to have as many people on this plane as possible. Right. I don't want to get, I don't want to leave you at the terminal and like five years from now, you like, this is the biggest thing and we could invest in it at an early stage and we didn't. Right. So familiarize yourself with it. Don't be scared of it. Right. It's right. like when I remember, like when the internet came, and my my grandmother was like, "What is that? Right. This thing sounds ridiculous." So when Bill Gates went to Dave Letterman, he's telling him about the internet. It's going to be right. the biggest thing. He's like, "Yeah, wait. So I'm going to watch something on the computer when I can just turn my TV on." And he's trying to explain it to him, and he's not really understanding it. So I feel like our responsibility and another a number of other people's responsibilities to educate people on it, and then show them that the ways that they can invest. Right. Right. Through having land inside the metaverse or through having digital assets inside the metaverse, art being one of them, but clothing could be one of them. Right. Right. Like my God versus my enemies. Yeah. Like imagine if you had that shirt inside the metaverse and you had it inside your, your own home and people came and if they wanted to support you, they could buy a 99 cent shirt. Because the thing is with the metaverse, like it's an avatar. Right. And what people know about avatars is like they want to be distinct. They want to have it unique. Yeah. And so if you the, the more unique you can make it, the better. So like you have an opportunity to actually make some some money inside this space. So familiarize yourself um and then find people who are in the space too to mentor you. Yeah. Right? Cuz that's one of the things. Sometimes we go into this thing in the dark. There's nobody teaching you about it. Right. So familiarize yourself with the space, find somebody who's doing it, learn as much as you can from them before you even get involved. But definitely familiarize yourself with it cuz it's going to be here. Right, like you see Fortune 500 companies stepping into the space it's for a reason. Yeah, and so find out what the reason you're going to step into it is as well, because they're going to benefit from it. So I, I mean, it's a prime opportunity for you too as well. Right. Yeah, I would say the same. Um, you know, as far as the education, but uh, the opportunities is limitless. As far as you know, talking about the Web 3.0, um, we don't know what the future is going to hold, but it looks. Like this is where we're headed right so you know it's important to be educated on you know nfts and understanding like especially with the nft conversation that it's more than just digital art right. you know a lot of it can be tied to to real tangible assets like Nas just you know gave up um ownership of his, two of his songs through nft purchases so it's like anybody that purchased the nfts now they have royalty rights to two of his songs so that's that's a dope way to go about it and you know, we've seen other stuff where you know nfts are attached to you know physical experiences like tours and like you know in person um you know meet and greets and things of that nature so it's like you know you be very creative with the blockchain 
yeah. NFTs, and um, you know it all ties together with the you know cryptocurrency is is used to to purchase NFTs and cryptocurrency is used in the metaverse. So you know learning about one thing you know, open doors to the other thing, and they're all kind of related. So we're in a day and age now where the world is changing very quickly. But the good thing about it is that you could be on the front edge of this because nobody's an expert. Everything just started. Right. Like you know what I mean, NFTs just started. Um, people just talking about metaverse just now. So. It's like you can't go to even if you wanted to get a degree in NFTs, you can't. Like, you know what I mean? So it's like this is the only way you're gonna learn is through online education. Yeah. There's no really alternative. So that means there's a level playing field, right? I mean, of course, if you have relationships, then that's gonna change the situation. You're gonna learn from somebody that you know nobody else can learn from. But other than that, it's pretty much a level playing field. So educate yourself, see how you can actually benefit from it, and um, you know, take it from there. All right, now usually with the the podcast we do this we do these rapids to wrap up the conversation. So um, let me just go through these. So number one, yeah, um, and we can go quickly. Uh, favorite episode of EYL so far? What's your favorite? Um, I have a few, but um, episode eleven. With so. Derek Falcon, that was a restaurant owner. Then episode twenty three, my man Chris Gotti, that was a, that was a dope one for me too. So those are probably two two of my favorites. Right. Eleven changed the game. Falcon, shout out to our brother, uh, homemade the restaurant. Make sure y'all patron there. And um, forty four Wall Street Trapper was dope. Mm. Um, it was dope because I was listening to his story before he came. And then I got to ask him about his story. And then the next night I saw him just randomly. And I was like, yo, we got a classic episode. He was like, for real? I'm like, yeah, bro, we got a classic. And the rest is history. Yeah. <laughs> I know, like, for a fact that we wasn't allowed to use my podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We were excluding yours, of course. Like, top tier. Yeah, excluding yours. Um, number two. <laughs> now, but yours is dope, though. Yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. the social media clips went crazy. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Good, good information, a lot of good information in there. So, I mean, you got the name EYL Doom for a reason, bro. You, you know the vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, Nas or Nip? I mean, Nas my favorite of all time, so I go Nas. Nas. Nah. Uh, Burner Boy or David L? I mean, David O, that's the that's, bro. That's so, a fan, not David. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta go with Dave. That's a fact. Yeah. Yo, Shout out to the Naja boy himself. Green, Greenberg Snapple fact right here. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. You going to Kitty Land to play ball or you going to the center to play? Well, Troy ain't really play ball like yeah. that. So that's <laughs> crazy that you did your research on that. Um, but that's that's actually crazy that you said that. But for me, I, I played probably more at the center. At more the center. at the center, yeah, yeah, yeah. I worked more at the center. You say you worked more at the center? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. A lot of years put in there. Um, ooh, this is... You know, you know, Come on, some more Greenberg. What we got? Oh, some more Greenberg. <laughs> <laughs> so um, there's one more Greenberg. That's right, it, actually. Falcons or Tigers? Come on, stop it. <laughs> stop it. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> are you kidding me? We are, what, we are Falcons, man. Falcons. Tigers. Falcons fly. I don't know no Tigers. <laughs> I don't know no Tigers. <laughs> um, yo, this is. I need that rapid. Trump or Biden? <laughs> <laughs> Nah, man. You know, I got I, I voted for Biden. I didn't vote for Trump, so yeah. I had to go. I had to go. I mean, Biden. I, yeah, I voted for Biden. Yeah, independent. <laughs> Air Force or Stan Smiths? Um, I never had a, Stan, a pair of Stan Smiths, but I do respect the Stan Smiths. But you know, I never had a pair, so I got to go with Air Forces. Air Force might be in the classified area of greatest shoe of all time. Mm. Um, 
So many people wear them. Yeah. I'll go with that. I'll go with that. I love Stan Smith though. Yeah. Yeah. I'm more of the Rod Labels though. If I see y'all, if I see y'all with the black Air Force, I know somebody getting somebody. Yeah, you know it's ghost town. <laughs> the what? I see with the black Air Force. Yeah, you can't wear those no more. I just got the black Air Forces. Oh yeah, that's no, a fact. Okay. Yeah, you, ain't, you know, like that's the whole thing. What? The whole thing. Like there's like yo, somebody about to get killed. Oh, you got black power? On? No, period. Period. Like somebody you stomping if somebody, you, you out, somebody out. Yeah. That's why you but, put those on. But where did that come from? Huh? I ain't get the memo. It's like the ghost Scully. If you put that Scully on, like I ain't get the memo. I definitely just got a pair of black Air Force. That's Somebody about to get stomped up. He wearing it in the UK. Hopefully not. Sure. <laughs> top boy, top boy. <laughs> Reasonable doubt a blueprint one. Uh Tough. I mean, I, for me, reasonable doubt played a bigger part in my my life than Blueprint did. Mm. So I go, I go reasonable. Mm. Better album? You asking? Better album. Reasonable doubt's a better album. Mm. Blueprint is a classic. It's a respect thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Jay, yeah it's Jay. Roly or Cartier? Roly. Roly. Even though I have a Cartier on. Today. <laughs> Shout out to Cartier. And Presidential. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and your last, um, the last one is, what's your favorite long-term stock right now? Amazon or Apple? Apple. 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 Both are solid. Apple. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be it. So you're about, let me just ask this one question because I know a lot of people who, who watch the um, podcast may or may not be into stocks right now. If you wanted to advise somebody on it, it would be Apple. Absolutely. If I had to pick one? Yeah. Yeah. That's my one. Microsoft. Who would be your number two? Microsoft. 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 Amazon would be in, in my top five. Yeah. For sure. It'd probably be number three, honestly. Nice. Yeah, Amazon would be right there. Same with you? Wow. Yeah. 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 We, we, I mean, you spend money with them. Absolutely. I get it. <laughs> you might as well. Yeah. Yo. I'm thankful. Thankful to have uh, sat with y'all for this uh, episode of the Uncommissioned Christian Podcast. Yeah, formerly known as that. It's formerly. It's yeah. going to be now known. Uh, what is the, it? Glory's uh, on the other side. Glory's on the other side. Because, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as soon as it's on the EYL Network, you know, we're going to work all that off, off the paper. All right. But, yo, thank you guys for um, being here today um, or even allowing me to step into y'all den, first of all. I, I'm welcome, in, welcome. We in e EYL. We in Greenberg. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, thank you guys, man. And um, thank y'all for joining us for another episode of the Unconventional Christian Podcast. You have it. Peace. 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 All right, bro. Yo. Yo, you're natural. Y'all, man. <laughs> Yo. That's, that's love. I got to get a quick shot with y'all. Um, yeah.